When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast where we are obsessed with her books and can't stop thinking about them or talking about them. So we figured why not record us thinking and talking about it. We're going to break down chapters, go through each book separately, go into character analysis and any thoughts or kind of theories that we have about books, characters, plots, etc. And maybe play some fun games along the way. Exactly. So welcome and enjoy. Ready? Another week. Another week down. Another episode of A Court of Wings and Ruins. Before we dive in, mm-hmm. we talked about at the beginning of this book how it was like going to be very like new for us yes. <laughs> because it's been so long since we've read it. Are you remembering anything at this point? Is anything like clicking back like, oh yeah, now I feel back on track or is this still feeling like really fresh? No, this is totally really fresh. Like the dinner with Nessa I totally forgot about and <laughs> like I remembered that as taught her to fly mm-hmm. but only when I was reading it I was like oh yeah yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. this but in general no everything is very new very <laughs> yeah, new I, I feel the same I totally forgot about the dinner I honestly forgot as taught her to fly and I was like oh that's right my bad <laughs> so anywho so this week we're doing chapter 17 through 20 mm-hmm. and we are calling this episode settling in as high lady yes um chapter 17 mm-hmm All right, I kept it short and simple. Neutral summary. The entire crew goes to the House of Wind for dinner. What were your first thoughts? Dinner with the inner court just seems like it would be so much fun. It's a dream. I know. Granted, Nesta doesn't really seem like a good time, but I'm glad. Like, someone (laughs) is finally asking Amryn some of the questions that we've all been dying to know. So I enjoyed this a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, The person missing, though, was Elaine. Yeah. Didn't even come to dinner. That's not surprising, though. With how depressed she is and yes. how, like, recluse right now she is, I wasn't really surprised. But I was surprised that Nesta came. That's true. So, with how angry she was. Yeah, I think there was a quote where it said, Elaine, not surprisingly, didn't leave her room. Nesta, surprisingly, did. Yeah. <laughs> Made me laugh. Um, but the book starts out with Cassian taking Feyre mm-hmm. to the House of Wind to, like, stretch his wings and they have a really interesting conversation about Nesta and, like, yep. her power. So, um, Feyre said, in regards to, like, when she, like, came out of the cauldron, mm-hmm. she said it was, like, everything she was, that steel and fire, it became magnified, cataclysmic, like looking at a house cat and suddenly finding a panther standing there instead. And I was kind of like, that's really intense, but, like, good description. It really is. Um, but before that, though, she- Fair is reflecting on Reese, um, and she's like, I snapped at him. He hadn't seemed angry, and yet I'd felt him carefully watching me these past few hours. It made it strange to look at him, strange enough that the appetite I'd been steadily building had gone a bit queasy. I'd challenged him before, but not as high lady, not with the tone. Mm. I was like, oh. 
it's going to be an interesting dynamic because like high lords and high ladies mm-hmm. don't rule together. Like high ladies don't even exist. No, there's always else. one person that rules and yeah. then they're kind of companion. Mm-hmm. So how do you decide, you know, who has final say, yeah. who kind of makes the decisions in that regard? That's so unique. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I like how it's like not with the tone. Like we all know, <laughs> we all know that tone that you use. Oh, do we? Yes. Yes. So back to Cassian. Yeah, he really, I feel like he has a really good understanding of Nesta mm-hmm. for as little as they talked because he mentioned like she needs to get out of the house. She needs to. She'll destroy herself if she stays cooped up in there. Mm-hmm. So. And then uh, at the end of this, Farah asks, why do you bother Cassian? Oh my gosh. And he goes, because I can't stay away. And I just was like, oh. I ship them. Let's do it. Let's go. (laughs) Heal her, Cassian. But like we had talked about this kind of in the the end of the last book when he was with Highburn about Mm -hmm. how he was like struggling to reach out for her. And he he just says like I made her a promise, and when it mattered, I didn't keep it. And like I mean, I think that's why we had thought he was reaching towards her and trying to crawl, and that he was really upset and everything. But it's just. It's sad to know, like, that's true. And he he's so upset with himself. And it's like, Cassie, and you were not able to function. Like, you were barely yeah. conscious. Your wings were shredded. You can't be upset at yourself. You literally couldn't him. do anything. No. So, ugh. Well, they get to dinner. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so funny. This is Lucian's first, like, interaction with yeah. the whole inner circle. And <laughs> They're all wearing whatever they want. Right. And he goes, what is the dress code? And I feel like that's such such a spring court question where it was like very like, these are the rules. This mm-hmm. is how things are done. And it's like, there's nothing like that here. No. Because Moore's in like a gown. Farrah's yep. wearing like her Illyrian pants and then like a casual top. Yep. And just everybody's <laughs> in all different gear. So I'd feel very out of place and not sure what to do also. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's dressed to the nines, as oh, yeah. usual. As they would have been in the spring court. So. Exactly. <laughs> Which also, I'm like, where did you get those clothes so fast? I know. It's a fine green jacket embroidered with gold. I was like, dang, Reese, like, you, you, just, moved, you moved quick. Yeah, you just kept a green, gold green jacket <laughs> in your stash of clothes that perfectly fits him. All right. Magic. I know. Magic's so nice. <laughs> um, Nesta comes, and Farrah describes her as devastating. Mm. What a good word. It is a good word. And I feel like Moore is trying here. Yeah. In her classic, like, I, in the way she did with Feyre when Feyre first showed up mm-hmm. in the night court, I feel like she's trying to do the same thing as Nesta. Yeah. And Nesta does not give a shit. I <laughs> was, I thought this was so funny because yeah. she's being like sarcastic, but also serious. Yep. Well, maybe Nesta's not being sarcastic. Maybe she's just being serious. But to me, it was very sarcastic. Yeah. Um, Cause more saying like, Oh, I would love to steal that dress from you if we were the same size. And Nesta's like, fortunately for you, I don't share the sentiment. <laughs> Funny. And Moore's reaction is, I think we're going to need a lot more wine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think this, these few chapters showed really interesting how Nesta is actually interacting with the inner circle because mm-hmm. she's been here right. for months. And so she's had some interactions. And so her next, next up on the docket is Amryn. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, I screenshotted these and I used the highlighter tool like you showed me. I'm so proud of you. Yes, this makes it so much easier. Your highlighter tool looks so clean. Like you did those lines (laughs) so well. When I do it, they look like like weird, 
pieces that would like set up a tent. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> Thank you. My perfectly straight fingers. Um, but yeah, this was basically Nessa and Amarin's conversation. It was just so interesting because yeah. like we've said, like nobody asks Amarin these questions mm-hmm. and I'm just dying to know. So Nesta goes, why do your eyes glow? Little curiosity, just a blunt need for explanation and no fear, none. Mm-hmm. Amarin angled her head. You know, none of these busybodies have ever asked me that. Those busybodies were trying not to look too concerned, <laughs> as was I. Nesta only waited. Amarin sighed, her dark bob swaying. They glow because it was the one part of me the containment spell could not quite get right. The one glimpse into what lurks beneath. And what is beneath? None of the others spoke or even moved. Lucian, still by the window, had turned the color of fresh paper. Amarin traced a finger along the rim of her goblet, her red-tinted nail gleaming as bright as the blood inside. They never dared ask me that either. Why? Because it's not polite to ask, and they are afraid. Amarin held Nesta's stare, and my sister did not balk, did not flinch. We are the same, you and I, Amarin said. I wasn't sure I was breathing. Through the bond, I wasn't sure Reese was either. Not in flesh, not in the thing that prowls beneath our skin and bones. Amarin's remarkable eyes narrowed. But I see the colonel girl. Amarin nodded, more to herself than anyone. You did not fit the mold that they shoved you into, the path you were born upon and forced to walk. You tried, and yet you did not, could not fit. And then the path changed. I know what it is to be that way. I remember it, long ago as it was. Nesta had masters fay preternal stillness far more quickly than I had, and she sat there for a few heartbeats, simply staring at the strange, delicate female across from her, weighing the words, the power that radiated from Amarin. And then Nesta merely said, I don't know what you're talking about. Amarin's red lips parted in a wide serpentine smile. When you erupt, girl, make sure it is felt across the world. Oh, I love this interaction, and I love how Amarin like sees Nesta. Yeah, like, she I, sees her. I love all the parts of this. I love that everybody else in the court is just <laughs> terrified. Like they're they're busybodies, as Amarin said, yeah. and none of them would ever dare to ask her this, and they're just petrified that she's gonna like. I don't even know what they think she's going to do, but they're all terrified. They sit there in silence and Nesta has no fear. And I I, like, this is one of the few times that I'm, I love Nesta in a scene, but I love (laughs) how she handles herself in this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, well, like Nesta was so like bold and had such big, like screw you energy as a Mm -hmm. human. Yeah. And now she has the power to back it up. Yeah. It's just like amplified. (laughs) Exactly. Ugh. So good. But yeah, she sees her. And I'm just curious, like, what is this power that Amarin, like, sees and senses? And, yep. you know, when you erupt, make sure it's felt across worlds. Like, what? Like, worlds. She says worlds, plural. Like, she does. how big is Nesta's power? What is she going to do? <gasps> I know. Foreshadowing. Maybe? Maybe. Um, no, you, it's such a good point. It's so, and honest, it's funny because, like, Nesta's asking these questions no one's daring to. Mm-hmm. And Amron, like, kind of gives her answers. Yes. She dodges other ones. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm, the Amron-Nesta interactions, I think, are going to be thoroughly entertaining, mm-hmm. which I don't know if it's mentioned right here, but Amron is going to train Nesta. Like, mm-hmm. that's a decision in these next few chapters. Yeah. And, like, just after glimpsing this kind of interaction, I'm just like, I wish I could be a fly on a wall. Oh, yes. And whatever that training ends up looking like mm-hmm. because omg yeah it's gonna be interesting but that's me getting ahead of myself right do, do, do. let's see so they're eating and nesta 
so much about Nesta in this chapter. Yeah. I was just impressed with her memory. So she remembers everything from like back when she was human because she mm. says out of the blue, she's like, Farah, you were right about the food. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm just like that. That was so long ago that, you know, Farah and them had come to their house and mentioned, mm-hmm. like, it was hard for them to eat, basically, because she said yeah. the food tastes so different. And I'm just like, what What makes you remember that to yeah. talk about it? Well, I feel like Nesta was, like, offended in that moment. She was. And so I feel like that's a pretty powerful... I'm like, are you apologizing, sort of-ish? I feel like it's a kind of apology. Sort of. Because she definitely, like, jumped back then. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, meh, 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 Yeah. She's like, no, actually, I kind of see where you're coming from now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's funny when you, like, talk to people. Like... I know. You get that. And let's see. Anything else with this chapter? Um, a little bit about Lucian. Oh, yeah. He just seems pleasantly surprised about how the night court is. Just, like, the informality of it, the joking and bantering. And I like that he seems to be liking it yeah and he's clearly wanting to jump in like he offers like some advice Mm -hmm. and he's saying like i'm like here to serve right and so him and asriel are gonna become spy buddies i was like i love them together so much (laughs) my two favorite guys i know that'll be such a fun pair i know but it's it's nice obviously like he definitely still feels out of place Mm -hmm. definitely struggling with that but I think keeping himself busy is going to be really good for him. Yeah. And I like that he's not just, like, hating all of these people. Right. He's trying to – and I thought his insight was really good about yeah. his dad. I thought that was really interesting that, you know, if he could kill Farrah, he would, basically. So. Which also part of me is, like, do you really think that would solve the problem? I don't know. But I'm curious, like, how is, like, Farrah going to present herself mm-hmm. to everybody? That's going to be a big question. That's the big question. Anything else for chapter 17? Nope. Okay. Chapter 18. Um, again, neutral for me. I just said dinner talk turns to plans of prepping for war. And Reese and Feyre walk home to discuss their partnership, the High Lords and Lucian. Hmm. What are your first thoughts? Oh, Nesta. <laughs> oh, Nesta. Back to irking me. I just, like, I want her to be helpful. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the inner circle is trying to either prevent a war or find allies to fight with. Um, and like, why won't you help secure allies? I'm like, you're going to die. Like you and your precious Elaine will die if you don't help. She's just so short sighted. It's the same thing. I think I said this in a different episode where I was like, I don't understand why like bad guys are like, I'm going to destroy the world. And I'm like, okay, but what about you? Like, I feel like sometimes people can get like so focused on a mission Mm -hmm. That they lose sight of, like, how that actually, like, how what's going on around them will impact them. They're like, yeah. no, I just have to keep Elaine safe. And it's like, okay, yeah, but the way you keep Elaine safe is doing this. And she's right. Like, nope, I got to keep Elaine safe. And you're like, it's just not connecting. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so we start off this chapter kind of announcing that they're going to be going to the Court of Nightmares. Yeah. Um, and we learn a little bit about the Court of Nightmare structure. Mm-hmm. So, because Nesta asks, like, why not just order them? Don't they answer to you? Mm-hmm. Um, when they, when, in reference to talking about having his legion participate in the right. war. And Casting says, unfortunately, protocols are in place between our two subcourts regarding this sort of thing. They mostly govern themselves with Moore's father, their steward. And then Reese explains, the steward of the Hewn City is legally entitled to refuse to aid my armies. It was part of my agreement my ancestors made with the Court of Nightmares all of those thousands of years ago. They would remain within that mountain, would not challenge or disturb us beyond its borders, 
and would retain the right to decide not to assist in war. And so it's just, it's interesting. I'm curious, like, how did that structure come to be? Like, who right, made that call? Why would you make that call? Right. It's like, that's, that, that's your court. If yeah. you need legions, you should be able to call them up and go fight with them. Yeah, if you're High Lord, why would you just, like, give a subcourt power. power like that? It's a great question. So, definitely lots of questions and confusion around there. Yep. But Reese says that they're going to go there in two days mm-hmm. to try and see. At least it's not, you know, in the next six hours. Because I feel like anytime <laughs> Reese says, we're going here, it's just, oh, okay, well, now it's happening. Yeah. So, we get two days. <laughs> get a little bit of a warning. Yeah. But it's more, I think the two days is probably for Moore's sake because she's very upset about having to go and ask for help, basically. Yeah. Um, And I think kind of to break the tension, Farrah declares that she wants to fly. Yes, I'm like, let's go, let's fly. I love the reaction to Moore spits out her wine and Az is just gawking and then Cassian can't decide whether (laughs) to like laugh or stare. That's so funny. I think it's just because it was so random. I know. I was like, I guess that's a good way to, you know, change things <laughs> up, break the tension. But I was like, have you been thinking this for a while? Or was this just, you saw their wings and you saw, and you felt tension. So you're like, oh, I'm going to fly. Like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Just, was this like an impulsive decision or was this something you've been wanting to do for a while? She does not say, but I am curious. Yeah. Um, and I love how Asriel reacts. He, he tells mm-hmm. her that he's going to teach her. He doesn't, like, give Reese or Cassian the opportunity really to volunteer because he knows that he's really the only one that can do it because they had to learn when they were kids, and so it's basically second nature, whereas he was older. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you think about how he was tortured for so long, and it's, like, so sad. It is. But he says when you're older, the fears, mm-hmm. the mental blocks, it's different. Yeah. Because Cassian's like, oh, I can do it. And he's like, no, you can't. Yeah, but I love Asriel, like, taking the control in that moment because mm-hmm. I don't – I feel like often he's a really good soldier yeah. and like does what he's told and, mm-hmm. and does all of that really well. And he's still creative, but like, I feel like this was a moment where he was like, mm-hmm. I've got this. Like yeah. there was very much like a stepping into like control there. I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting. I did too. And I mean, he, she is his high lady. I know. So he wants to take care of her. Yep. So they're going to start training for that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then this is when um, Amron brings up also training Nesta. Yep. So they're going to start tomorrow, and then they're going to have a little experiment at the Court of Nightmares, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then Thera talks to Nesta about, like, what they're hoping she can do with, like, healing or kind of fixing the wall. Um, mm-hmm. And then also giving her testimony to the High Lords at this meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of begrudgingly seems to agree with helping with the wall, but she is flat out refusing to come to the High Lord meeting and give testimony. Yeah. And Farrah says, I understand what happened to you was horrible. And Nesta, like, cuts her off and she says, you have no idea what it was or was not. None. And I am not going to grovel like one of those children of the blessed begging high fay who would have gladly killed me as a mortal to help us. I'm not going to tell them that story. My story. I'm like, I get it. I get where she's coming from. But at the same time, if if you don't, like, if you don't have allies, yeah. you will die. Elaine will die. Yeah. Like, it's hard because it's one of those things where I hate it when people, sometimes they do, but 99% of the time, like, you don't actually know what someone is going through. Right. And so it's like, you have to, in a way, honor that. Mm-hmm. You're like, I, like, if Faber had said, like, I know I don't understand what you've been through, right. but we have 
to get allies and right. this is why i think it might have been a different conversation right but i feel like as soon as Feyre said i know what you're going through mm-hmm. nesta completely shut off yeah like it was no longer a point of conversation mm-hmm. and i think like telling your story is hard like there are people who like never share their story i mean we still don't even really know Moore's story exactly and she's, she's another great example and it's like she's been in this trauma for what like hundreds of years exactly so So. it's it's one of those things where it's like you got to give people the time they need to tell their story right but like you also need to honor that it's like this is a dire situation kind of thing yeah it's so it's it's such a hard like I know. road to walk i just i think Farah definitely could have handled this yeah i don't think Farah did a good better. job in this yeah um it in a way ironically because i feel like Farah is generally so empathetic i felt like this situation lacked empathy yeah and maybe that's her trying to like figure out how do i be high lady with my sister right but i don't know because i think she mentioned that she's like sister or high lady high lady or sister yeah and so like i mean i see that struggle but also nesta's not in your court she just so happens to be living there i was like yeah. she's you're not her high lady like if i was nesta i wouldn't consider Pharaoh my high lady it's like yeah. no you're just you just happen to live in the night court right now because you have nowhere else to go. have nowhere else to go like it's not your home so mm-hmm. i don't know that's a hard balance so dinner comes to an end, mm-hmm. and Feyre and Reese are walking home, um, and they talk a little bit about Nesta, mm-hmm. and I think this is when Feyre's kind of reflecting that little bit of like, oh, I should have talked to her in private, right. I could have handled this differently, but mm-hmm. it kind of leads them talking to like, what does it mean to be like, high lady, high lord, have mm-hmm. power, the dynamic between the two of them, right? all of those fun conversations. I like how she, like her kind of thought process behind it it's like i want us to present like a united front and it's like yes we can question each other yes we can snap at each other but in private like we need to show everybody that we're on the same page and i like that yeah it feels like i don't know there's like there's definitely like a respect to that because like also like reese has been doing this for hundreds of years yeah so like we also need to recognize his experience in this Mm -hmm. but i think she brings such valuable insight to leading that it's like we want this to be a partnership it's not a outward bickering match for the world to see like we're partners Mm -hmm. and so and it's like he's ruled by himself yeah it's like so it's a judgment for him too right but i think it's good especially for their like relationship to start talking through this and be like okay let's set up some like boundaries here on how we interact Mm -hmm. and how like how these things play out and so i think it's really healthy that they're doing this like early yeah rather than like trying to fix it after the fact yeah but i love he said he he basically was like i still want you to like call me on my bullshit Mm -hmm. and especially amongst their family and she goes why and he goes because it's fun but also then he says because you're my equal and as much as that means having each other's backs in public it also means that we grant each other the gift of honesty of truth and so yeah. He has a great perspective on it, too. He so. really does. I like it. Mm-hmm. Team face and. Yes. <laughs> so then they're kind of talking about, you know, who she needs to be for when they go to the Hewn City. Because she's like, last time I was your core, basically. Mm-hmm. So who who do I be this time? And then that kind of leads into, you know, who should I be at the high with the High Lords? Like, how do we... How do we do this? Yeah. And we don't really get, you know, an answer. Yeah. Um, 
but I like, I mean, I just think it's interesting that politics are such a thing everywhere. Like, I don't think you can get away from politics, even in a in fairy world, you know? I know. You're like, I thought I could escape this in a fantasy book. I know. Nope. Still politics. I like, Reese says, it's all part of the game, Farrah, darling. Who to trust, when to trust them, what information to barter. I just, I mean, it, it is what it is. It is. Mm-hmm. I think the only other thing, so Reese is, I mean, he's talking about how basically he would give everything mm. of himself, and Farrah's like, you can't. Like, yep. it's not fair. Like, you shouldn't be having to do this. Like, let's give, like, responsibilities to other people and she she wants to do it too and she says you in the city helped wake me up helped bring me back to life i will fight with everything i have to reese everything mm-hmm. but i love that she's trying to get him to unburden himself like he shouldn't bear this full weight of everything but then again he knows how much power he has yeah. compared to everyone and he's just so willing to sacrifice everything to save everybody which is such like it's like it's sweet, but also I'm like Reese, take care of yourself too. I know. I'm like you're gonna leave Farah and all your people without you if you like, yeah. That's not die. good either. No. But I just I felt like that conversation just like really showed Farah like stepping up, like no, I'm your partner. Yeah. Like we do this together. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not High Lord by yourself anymore. I'm High yeah. Lady. We share the responsibility. Kind exactly. of thing. Love it. I like Farah as High Lady. Farah is crushing it. All right. Anything else? Nope. All right. Chapter 19. Um, Feyre begins training with Cassian once again and adds a new coach to her res- regimen. <laughs> First oh, thoughts. Azriel saves the day. I'm just, I'm excited that we finally get to spend a little more time with him. Um, I feel like, you know, we know the least about him and hopefully with the flying lessons, we're going to know, like get to know him a little bit more. Yeah. So I'm excited. It was sweet seeing that, like side of him i know so we start the day off with Cass. Mm-hmm. Cass, Cass. Whoever. i can't speak we start the day off with cassian and training takes a turn i wasn't expecting yeah like i expected like we're working out we're going mm-hmm. but cassian's feeling cranky this morning yes um and i thought it was funny uh Feyre said she asked him is it nesta and he goes, not everything in my life is about your sister, you know. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, dang. Um, and we come to find out that he is angry at her. Yeah, not expecting that at all. No. But I totally understand why. Exactly. So he was, like, so pissed that, like, they didn't tell them that she was high lady. Mm-hmm. And that she, like, went to the spring court without anybody. I know. Put herself in such, like, such a high risk. Yep. He said, like, as High Lady, you are mine, and Asriel's and Moore's and Amran's. You belong to all of us, and we belong to you. We would not have put you in so much danger. <laughs> so sweet. I love it. And then he goes, you didn't think you were essential. You saved our asses, but you didn't think you were essential here. And it just kind of made me, like, want to cry that he's, like, been thinking about this. I know. And so she says, I'm not. And she, like, starts explaining, like, you all have a duty. You're mm-hmm. vital. And he says, anything could have happened to you there. And Feyre goes, if Reese isn't grilling me with that overprotective bullshit, then I don't see why you. And that's when he cuts in and he says, don't for one moment think that Reese wasn't beside himself with worry. Oh, he seems collected enough, Feyre, but I know him and every moment you were gone, he was in a panic. Which is interesting because I feel like Reese, I mean, obviously from Feyre's perspective, like he was playing it cool. Like it was just these few little comments down the bond Mm -hmm. and... In reality, he was panicking back right. there. 
I don't know. It's just, it's such an interesting, we're starting to see like what happened at the night court while Favor was away from mm-hmm. Cassian's perspective. And it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. Also, he, one more thing he talks about is, you know, he says, we were all terrified for you. She says, I managed just fine. And he says, of course you did. We knew you would, but Reese pulled that same shit 50 years ago when he went to that damned party Amarantha threw. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's trauma. Yes. It's trauma. Mm -hmm. That's why we're really mad. Yeah. (laughs) But it's very similarly. Like, I I totally understand where Cassian's coming from in that regard. I did want to point out my favorite quote in this chapter. Yeah. It was actually at the very beginning. So Fair is, you know, reminiscing on her morning sexual escapade with Reese and then she oh. starts training with Cassian and she goes two Illyrian males making me sweat in one morning what's a female to do god bless her I loved it I, I want to be up. her no, I know <laughs> um but so then I've also really missed trainer Cassian I know it's been so long it's been so long he's such a good trainer and coach yeah and Nesta shows up and of course Fair is trying to you know kind of rope her into fighting and they're kind of bickering and Fair is sending like help messages to Reese <laughs> through the bond and Reese gets Asriel to come save her basically. Yeah, Reese said, I sent another pretty face for you to admire. Not as beautiful as mine, of course, but a close second. <laughs> and it's Asriel. I know. Bless him. And they start their flying lessons early. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's like Cassian knows. Oh yeah, for sure. Exactly knows. what's happening. He's like, damn you guys, come on. Um, so they get to wherever they're going to be training at, um, mm-hmm. w- over water because apparently water doesn't hurt as much as rock. It was like <laughs> logical. It is logical. Um, and she's trying to summon her wings and she's thinking, touching that part of me, the part Tamlin had given me some vital piece of my heart recoiled, even as something sharp and vicious in my gut preened at what I'd taken all that I'd taken. I just think it's an interesting, like like physical response that she's having to like thinking about Tamlin mm-hmm. and everything that she's done. Um, that she, it's still just so fresh. I feel like for her. Yeah. It's weird to think that that's like a part that Tamlin gave her. Yeah. Like the thing that's making her more Illyrian, more of the night court. Right. Is out of the thing that Tamlin gave her. It's really odd. That's odd. Mm-hmm. Um, quote I wanted to call out when Az kind of like picks her up and brings her she mm-hmm. says like I appreciate you making the effort to pretend that it wasn't because I was desperate to avoid Cassian and Nesta's early morning bickering and he goes I'd never let my high lady suffer through that I and know. I'm just like you're so chivalrous you're such a gentleman when we he calls you. her like my high lady it just seems so different than when anybody else talks it about really her as high does. lady I don't know why but I love his reference my high lady my high lady oh, so, so mm. good um, but I, I felt so bad as is like talking about the Illyrian wings and he's kind of like explaining everything, which mm-hmm. I was really impressed with him just, you know, telling her like, add more here, a little bit this, a little bit that. Um, but he says like their kind when he's talking about Illyrians, mm-hmm. like not his and Farah picks up on that. And it's yeah. so sad. It's like, no, you are Illyrian, but he just doesn't think he really thinks of himself. I think even worse than Cassian, like Cassian yeah. considers himself like this lowborn bastard. Well, but I think Asriel thinks even less of himself. Well, I think Cassian thinks he's lowest of the Illyrians, mm-hmm. whereas, whereas Asriel thinks of him as a black sheep. Yeah. Like, he's not even part of it. He's like, I mm-hmm. am this weird black sheep that was technically born into this, but doesn't. Yeah. I don't compute at all. No. It just makes me sad yeah. for him. 
But I love how he's complimenting her. He mm-hmm. says, um, I think the magic, or she's saying, like, I think magic did most of the work when he's complimenting her wings. And he says, he shakes his head and he says, you're an artist. It was your attention to detail. These compliments. They're so sweet. He's like, he's so insightful and so thoughtful. And I love him. <laughs> um, we also find out that it takes quite a bit of muscle to have wings. Apparently so. So her wings are dragging and you're like, you cannot do that. And so he's trying to coach her through that. And it's like her entire back is just on fire. My thought is, why don't you just make the wings shorter? Like the Illyrians, <laughs> you know what I mean? The Illyrians are born with these wings. They have no no say in how they look, how they yeah, feel. Yeah, but they're the size they are because they work. If you create right. shorter wings, will it hold her up? Will know. it still fly? I don't know. But my thought, is, I'm like, okay, they're dragging shorten them like <laughs> you create these wings like they're not the same as every other Illyrian like you right. can make them different if you want to yeah I worry That's I go back thought. to the scientific mind that yeah. I have and angles and yeah. velocity and wind and I'm like I wouldn't test that I would not test that I'm like do it exactly as the Illyrians do because it works yeah you don't want that's true I didn't think about it that way I'm just like you're making these wings why are you just make them shorter <laughs> what's wrong with you Farah? we want to make sure they work that's yep. why um let's see anything else no all right chapter 20 this is a really interesting chapter um really interesting. i just said reese takes favor to the library yeah this library sounds pretty cool i love this library scary monsters at the bottom located in like the basement slash mountain under the house and amazing priestesses run it i was like i want to go visit yes. i love this library so much i know uh, we also find out Farrah's never been to a library before. Yeah. Which, uh, for you and I, we're like, what? <laughs> we live across the street from a library. It's like our frequent <laughs> exactly. hideout. Um, so that's interesting. But they go to the library to do, like, research about the wall and the power and all of that. Right. And this library is not just anywhere in the city. It's beneath the House of Wind, which I thought was so interesting. Like, yeah. I wish I had a library in my basement. I know. It's a private library, basically, that a bunch of people and monsters live in. Right. And it's huge. Um, and then they're kind of – Reese is explaining how, like, humans weren't allowed in fairy libraries way back when – humans used to live in Prithian mm-hmm. um, because they were scared that they would steal their magic and their knowledge and they would literally burn like books rather than Terrible. let humans have them. So it's crazy. We also talk a little bit about half breeds. Right. And basically they had like nowhere to go. It's even worse for them than yeah. humans. Just sad. Yep. And then we meet Clotho oh. who's a priestess that works in the library and she's mute. Her story. There's a lot. I know. So, but we learned that a little bit after. But, so we meet Clotho, and then we kind of learn that there's a creature at the bottom of the library. Yes, that Reese has never seen, Mm-mm. but Cassian has. I was cracking up. This He says, I once dared Cassian to fly down and see, and he came back up faster than I've ever seen him fly, white as death. He never told me what he saw. The first few weeks, I thought it was a joke, just to pique my curiosity. But when I finally decided to see for myself a month later, he threatened to tie me to a chair. He said some things were better left unsaid and undisturbed. It's been 200 years and he still won't tell me what he saw. If you even mention it, he goes pale and shaky and won't talk for a few hours. I'm like, what the heck is down there? <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that Cassian is terrified? Yeah. I can't even imagine what lurks down in the bottom of the basement. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. 
Um, but then poor Claw, though. Uh, so we, she um, gets them some books, sets them up, doesn't say a word, but is like directing them along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Feyre notices, obviously, she's not speaking. She can't really see her face because of the hood. Mm-hmm. But she notices her fingers are also crooked, bent yeah. and twisted at such angles that I would have thought her born with them were it not for the scarring. So you're like, what happened to her? Right. And Reese kind of explains Clotho's story. So Clotho was hurt very badly by a group of males. They cut out her tongue so she couldn't tell anyone who had hurt her and smashed her hand so she couldn't write it. And Feyre says, why not kill her? And then he goes, because it was more entertaining for them that way. That is, until Moore found her and brought her to me. I let Moore hunt them. And when she finished, she stayed down here for a month, helping Clotho heal as best she could, but also wiping away the stain of them. Uh, Feyre goes, Moore's trauma had been different, but I understood why she'd done it, wanted to be here. I wondered if it had granted her any measure of closure. And then she asks, well, Cassian and Azriel were healed completely after Hyber. Nothing could be done for Clotho. And Reese says that the males were healing her as they hurt her, making the injuries permanent. When Moore found her, the damage had been set. They hadn't finished her hands, so we were able to salvage them, give her some use. But to heal her, the wounds would have needed to be ripped open again. I offered to take the pain away while it was done, but she could not endure it. What having what having the wounds open again would trigger in her mind, her heart. She had lived down here since then with others like her. Her magic helps with her mobility. Um, so, like, Clotho's story. It's heartbreaking. Horrible. But I also, I, I thought it was really beautiful how more jumped in here mm-hmm. and like protected her in a way that like she wasn't yeah protected necessarily or taken care of mm-hmm. um but we come to learn like all the priests in the library have stories that are like just like that or just so just terrible sad it's so sad but it's so beautiful that there's like a refuge for them i know and also that it's a library i know like I love books. I'm reading. Mm -hmm. It heals. And so there's just something, like, extra precious about having this, like, healing place Mm -hmm. be a library. Like, there's a metaphor there that I just love. I do, too. You know? Yeah. And apparently Reese also spent quite a bit of time there after Mm -hmm. Under the Mountain. Hmm. Yeah. That's just... And, like, it reminds me of, like, Asriel's story with the hands and, like him being tortured and they would heal it so they are so mean people are terrible like why why would you do this like what did clotho do why did you feel like you needed to do that i don't know but i know like when like when reese is talking about clotho's story like it triggers pharaoh's memory of what she did dianthe Mm, Um, that's right and like i would kind of i don't know i almost like feel slightly bad i know ianthe's terrible and she totally got what she deserves but it it just kind of makes you feel bad when you see, like, these priestesses that have suffered. Yeah. Like that. I don't know. But it's also, like, these priestesses weren't doing anything. That we know of. That's true. That we know of. I'm assuming not. I know. I'm assuming not, too. I mean, they seem like much better people than Ianthe. Yeah. And Ianthe totally got what she deserved. But I just, I think Vera feels, like, slightly bad in that moment seeing, like, the similarities. Yeah. No, I totally, I agree. Yeah. Let's see what else happens. So they're trying to read, mm-hmm. and they're getting very distracted with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was funny that they were we were like leading into some sexy time, mm-hmm. and then Reese just straight up disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> he goes like two floors down. He's like, "You're distracting me." I was like, "You are so." I would be so mad. I'd be like, "Rude!" 
You started it. I know. So they're doing research on the wall, and, like, a lot of it contradicts each other. Um, the kind of the only thing that seems to match is basically the wall wasn't meant to be permanent. Yeah. That's kind of what they learn. Um, not like that's really helpful information, but that kind of seems to be the only consistent theme they can figure out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reese continues to talk as if he needs to give up every absolute thing about himself yep. in order to, like, help everybody else. Mm-hmm. And Pharaoh's like, you've given enough. And he goes, not enough, not yet. And she goes, why? Where does this come from, Reese? And for once, he didn't answer. And I'm just like, he is such a dummy. Yeah. Like, get over yourself. Stop self-sacrificing. I know. Like, part of me is like, like, self-sacrifice. Like, there is no greater love than to lay your life down for your, like, yes, but. I know. This is a story. We don't want them to die. Well, also, like, it's not always necessary. Yeah. Like, there's other ways to go about this to still, like, care for the people you love. You don't have to just jump to, like, I'll die. It's fine. And it's like, or we come up with other plans, too. Yes. And, like, if you end up dying in the end, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. I see it. But that wasn't the the initial plan. plan. Yeah. (laughs) Like, not plan A. That's like plan C. (laughs) Exactly. And speaking of plans, Farrah's like, okay, well, I need to think of something. Like, what's another alternative? And Mm -hmm. so she kind of is thinking about the Book of Breathings and how Amarin told her, you know, if we combine both halves, then monsters are going to be released. Yeah. And then she's, like, thinking of the bone carver. So I was pretty impressed. She comes up with, like, a super creative solution. Yeah. She's like, why not get the monsters on our team, basically? Yes. So she wants to go see the bone carver and see if he's willing to help them in exchange for probably getting the information from the Book of Breathings that would let him go home. Yep. I'm like, huh. It's clever. It's very clever. So that's kind of where we end it. Ah, I'm very exciting. curious. Yes, lots of really interesting conversations mm-hmm. in this group of chapters. Um, next week, we're going to do chapters 21 through 24, mm-hmm. um, title TBD. But yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Anything else? No. All right. Well, hope y'all enjoyed, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls, a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and let us know what you think. You can find us on Instagram at, at @fairiesandfangirls. Jump in on the conversation, and we look forward to chatting with you more next week. Bye. Bye.